This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast podcast network, available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in once again to a little thing we like to call the Ball on Blast podcast. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. I'm joined by my guy, Andrew Webster. Webby, what is good? Not too much, guy, man. What a week of NBA action. Isn't it great to have it back in our lives? Like, how great are these games that come on? I mean, I'm out here in Alberta, so (laughs) some of these games come on at, like, 10, 11 in the morning. It's amazing. It's been so much fun, man. And one week into the NBA restart and the association to me continues to prove why it's the best league in the world. We got great games, great finishes, great storylines, the activism and the messages of social injustice and all that stuff is still at the forefront and it's been a focal point so far. So they've done that and not let that message slide in any way. But also, too, as you just mentioned, in terms of the games, man, it's great to just have these people because I feel like the NBA is a league where we actually, you know, we know more about their lives. We know more about their personalities. So it's great to have these people as well back in our lives on a daily basis. As you mentioned, games all day like that's just so much fun. And and honestly, I know this is an NBA podcast, but even with the hockey mm-hmm. going on too, and now this week we have the uh, PGA Championship. Yep. Now it's like if there's an at, like my thumb is just getting a workout right now, just because like like today with the Bucks, the Bucks game, mm-hmm. and they were down, and I was like, ah, let's flip around, and then I flipped back, and it was like oh my God, it's an eight-point game. We got to come back to this now. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, it's just been super crazy every single night. And there's so many games going on, so many great storylines. And the NBA's off to a great start, but I guess we should start with the team that is off to a great start as well. And that is your defending NBA. Phoenix Suns? No, no, no. We'll, we'll, oh, okay, we'll, we okay. might get okay, there. We might okay, get there. Okay. But there's, a, okay, there's okay. a team that might get top billing ahead of the Phoenix Suns. Fair Just enough, because a little enough. a little thing called the Larry OB. Is that fair? Is that fair? Fair, fair, <laughs> fair enough. Defending champs, man. Defending champs, Toronto Raptors are off to an amazing start. Now, by the time people listen to this, they're going to play the Celtics. Big, huge showdown Friday night huge. for the Eastern huge Conference. Game. Huge implications for second place in the Eastern Conference. But through their first three games, Webby, what has excited you the most about the Raptors in their return? Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Lowry asserting himself as the Raptors' best player, mm-hmm. as the Raptors' go-to guy, as the Raptors' alpha dog. You know, I I love Kyle Lowry. Uh, you know, he has, he epitomizes that North Philly, like, uh, air about him, man. Like, I sent you that thing today oh. from their last game oh. where uh, Aaron Gordon called him a bitch, and then Lowry goes, 836. That's my room number. <laughs> Come find me. I love it. I love it. It's, it's a straight G-check from Kyle Lowry, right? It's like, oh, really? As you're backing away from me, you're going to call me a bitch? <laughs> okay, Aaron Gordon. Yeah. But to be- Not only that, but he's also averaging like something like 30 points a game oh. in the bubble or something. Like It's insane. Kyle Lowry's going ham, but let's stick with this Aaron Gordon thing for a second because 
It was super interesting, even how it all began, right? Aaron Gordon's driving to the basket. Kyle Lowry fouls him. And let's be honest, Kyle Lowry wasn't trying to block the shot. He was trying to foul him. Good heart foul. Aaron Gordon didn't like it. Do you have an issue with the Kyle Lowry foul? Absolutely not. Especially if you're a smaller guy like that, and somebody like Aaron Gordon is looking to come down and tear off the rim. Mm -hmm. That's what you do. It's a smart veteran play. It's a hard foul, and he got him good. And listen, Aaron Gordon, what you won a dunk contest? Is that your claim to fame right now? Like you haven't won anything. You've never made a, a All NBA team. Like what are you yapping about right now? That's what I didn't understand. Yeah, the thing I didn't get, and to me, you know what, Webby, it really seems like a generational thing. And what I mean by that is. On all levels. One, if you think back to, and I'm not talking about the, you know, the bad boy Pistons or what we just watched in The Last Dance, but it wasn't that long ago where teams took pride in the fact that we're not going to let you just dunk, right? Here's a hard foul. Like, you might be the slam dunk champ or, I guess, should be slam dunk champ as my guy got robbed. And and here's the thing. Sorry, you're right. He's never won a slam dunk championship. (laughs) He's never won anything. <laughs> True. So when you're talking generation gap between Aaron Gordon and Kyle Lowry, it's like there's two different eras, right? Hard fouls aren't really a thing nowadays, right? Dunking and building a rep based off of just getting in-game dunks or building a rep off of things that don't really have to do with winning anything is kind of a newer generational thing in the NBA. And Aaron Gordon was super mad, and I didn't really understand. Like, I get that you're mad, but if you're actually that mad, do something, right? And Exactly. I'm not trying to say fight in the NBA because not anybody's really going to fight in the NBA, but then don't play the tough guy. And if you do, expect to get G-checked, and that is exactly... (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, that's well, exactly what Kyle did. Is like now, now we all know what room Kyle Lowry's staying in. Right? Amazing. And for the people that might not have <laughs> seen... Well, for people who might not have seen the Gotta video... new t-shirt. <laughs> 836, I like that. If For the people that might not have seen the video, though, what happens is Aaron Gordon, as he's backing away from Kyle Lowry, says, you're a bitch, to which Kyle Lowry responds to, 836 is my room number. That is a great G-check caught on camera. So good. It's so good. But also why we and love you know the what, NBA. That, it, it, that Kyle Lowry state of mind is what starts it for this team. Mm-hmm. It's what starts it for the young guys like Ananobi and Siakam. But it's also what starts it for the vets mm-hmm. like Abaka and Gasol. Like there is somebody that they can look to who is the leader of the team. And I think that that, along with the coaching, which Nick Nurse, as we've talked about, has done a great job with, they're so important for these teams that don't necessarily have a superstar, right? They've got an amazing player, certainly a you know first-team All-NBA guy, or All-NBA, not first-team, probably third, but an All-NBA guy in Kyle Lowry, which you need to have, right? Yeah, and you're right. Kyle Lowry so far, he has been the lead guy for the Raptors. And I think you're so right in terms of setting the tone because he's doing a little bit of everything. And because it was the first game against the Lakers, that's a huge statement game for the Raps. It's your first game back and there's no doubt, oh no, we're here, we're ready. My guy puts up 33 points, 
14 rebounds, 6 assists, but even his continuous play over the next two games after that, he's all over the court. He's diving all over the place. He's taking charges. We, As we just discussed, he's mixing it up with different players. He's talking trash. How can you not follow that if you're the rest of the Toronto Raptors? Right, And I, I think that's kind of been the key so far in their start. And I can't wait to see what happens in the Celtics game. But regardless of what does happen, it's good to see Kyle Lowry off to that start. Is there anything else yeah. with the Raps that kind of stood out to you? Or, you know, we can, we can, we can keep mean, it moving. They're pretty much locked into that second spot. I mm-hmm. mean, the Bucks with the win today clinched that first seed. And I don't think that Boston's got enough to make up the ground. So I think they're locked in. So I think really, the even if they lose yeah. to Boston tomorrow, I think just a strong showing, keep it close. Uh, get it down to the wire and give themselves a chance to win is going to be a huge thing for the Raptors. And honestly, it's the team that you don't want to play in the first or the second round. Totally agree. And I, I think the the thing with the Celtics game, it's more of a show-me game and a big weekend because Sunday they play Memphis, but then Monday it's the Bucks. So there's no rest yeah, for the Raps coming up. That's a big no. game as well. And Kyle Lowry leading the charge in terms of we're here, we're ready, we're the defending champs. And in case you were wondering what we were doing while the NBA was shut down, we were balling, we were in the gym, working. we were working. Uh, but I will say this, Mr. Webster, I do have to give you some credit. As the only other undefeated team in the bubble, other than the Toronto Raptors, are the Phoenix Suns, who you told us last week was your surprise team for the bubble. And you were right, yeah, my dude. I will let you take a bow on this one. What's going on with the Suns? Well, you know, they're a good team. They're a good team, good young team, and definitely the future is bright for them. Um, I just thought that not a lot of people were talking about them. It seemed like everything was pretty much uh, Zion, uh, Morant, and the Blazers, but with that inside-out game that they have, they have a lot of great shooters on that team. It's the new NBA, and I didn't... Like, they are still quite a ways back. They're going to need to keep playing um, as well as they have the first three, four games that they've been playing. But, man, how about that Booker buzzer beater against the Clips? Like, that was amazing. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to catch the Blazers. The Blazers look amazing like super good better than i thought they would i thought lillard was gonna (laughs) be a little bit hindered with the knee or the foot or whatever he looks great but the suns are just a great story and you know even if they don't make it into that um eight spot they're going to be in the lottery and there's a lot of big things ahead of them i think that the way that they built their team is really good and and definitely will succeed in today's nba and Devin Booker's the man. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> Devin Booker is a stone-cold killer out there. Yeah, Book, that game winner he hit against the Clippers was legit. And I thought it was really cool to see in terms of... He got of, fouled. He got fouled on that shot, too. Yeah, he, he definitely got fouled as well. And it was cool if you saw the post game. Monty Williams was talking about he just wanted to give him the confidence of, we'll give you the ball and we trust you to make a move. And hearing Devin Booker talk about seeing the play before it happened that the double team was coming one way so I was going to have to go to my left and then even still having to then pivot back the other way to get a a very tough shot off 
Man, it, it, in, it's a in moment. In the face of one of the best on-ball defenders in the league. Yeah. Who hacked him, too. It, it was a moment. It was definitely a moment, and the Suns have looked really good. And, yes, the standings keep changing every single day, but currently, as we're recording this podcast, the Grizzlies are, are in— a game or two? Yeah, the Grizz are in eighth, and then you have the, the Blazers a half game back, and then yeah. you have— uh, the the Suns are right after the Blazers. Pardon me, and they are a game back. So, or sorry, two games back. My bad. Can't do math all of a sudden. But here's the thing: where I'm tired. The Leafs broke my heart right now. Okay, that's really what's going on right now. Don't want to talk about it. Just gonna move on. But yeah, if you take a look at the standings, the the Suns are right there, and we'll get to the eighth seed in a little bit. But. It's a good story, and I just wanted to give you your props because you did tell us about the Phoenix Suns, and I I was kind of looking and at you crazy. I'm not gonna lie, Webby. No, you're <laughs> not, you wouldn't be the first, and you're not gonna be the last. I'll tell you. But the the weirder thing to me isn't the success of the Suns; it's the absolute. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. I know what you're gonna say. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah, trust okay. me. Trust me. Trust me. That's a tease. We're going to talk about what's going on at the okay. bottom of the West a little later on. That's called a tease, folks. So stick around if you want to hear some Zion talk and what's going on there. Because I'm assuming that's what you were going to say. But we'll get there. Well, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get so there. from good news to bad news for you, Mr. Andrew Webster, as there's word out of Sixers camp, and it's not yeah. good news. Yeah. Ben Simmons. Uh not doing well, left kneecap injury, and he's considering different treatment options, but it's not looking good regardless. I don't even know if it is the four to six weeks. Why would you try to bring him back if you're in the... Like, it doesn't make much sense, but how big of a blow is this injury to the Sixers? Uh, To their championship hopes? I mean, I don't think that they were going to win the championship this year anyway. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that it's going to affect them in that way. I mean, obviously getting more, I think it's going to affect the way that they play heading down the road a little bit more because they were kind of switching up the way Simmons was playing. And now with him not in the lineup, probably for the rest of this bubble, they're going to have to go to a way more traditional style of offense where it's all going to run through MB. Mm-hmm. Now, it, we might go through a thing with the Sixers where this might end up being beneficial to them. They might actually do better down the road during the bubble with just having Embiid do that because Embiid has been outstanding. Third leading scorer in the bubble right now. He has just been destroying people after that Indiana Pacers game. He has just been absolutely one of the best players going right now. And to not have a guy like Simmons there to dominate the ball now it's going to flow through Simmons or Embiid a little bit more but what it's really going to do is it's going to keep the Sixers in sixth place it's going to mean that Brett Brown is fired and it's going to mean that this that this lineup for the Sixers that we know it right now is not going to exist next year hmm. whether it's what they do with some of the big contracts they have and trying to get out from under them or whatever but there's not going to be a shiny rainbow at the end of this for anybody where if he was playing and they did make a big run, maybe Brett Brown saves his job. Maybe we do see 
this lineup carry over into next year. But I don't see that happening now. It's super tough, right? Because they were trying to kind of play the best of both worlds with this Simmons and Embiid, and they haven't really figured it out. And they kind of thought they did with the Shake Milton thing and then moving Al Horford to the bench. Now, we can have the conversation another day about, do you want your $30 million big free agent signing to be coming off the bench? Whatever. We can discuss that. He won't be now. <laughs> right. He won't be now. But you're right about the Embiid thing. And Embiid, your boy, he's come into the bubble so far and stat lines, he, I'll list in order, 41 and 21, 27 and 9, and then 30 and 11. That's yeah. work. That's work, and that's without the assist numbers, the block numbers, and the steal numbers, yeah. which are gaudy as well. Like, he's just been dominating, and honestly, now to simplify things and just say, here you go, Joel, do your thing. Yeah. I, I think it could be good for the short term, but in the long term, it means that things are going to be very different in Philadelphia uh, at the beginning of next season, whenever that is. Because at this point, too, you're going to need more scoring from Tobias. Maybe it's, you're right. It simplifies things like, yo, Tobias, you have to get buckets. Al Horford, you mm-hmm. have to get buckets. Shake Milton, your job is to get these other guys involved and feed and bead. Everything goes through him. I mean, it could be it could be a blessing in disguise. I mean, I don't want to say that about someone getting hurt, but you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? It's not a blessing, but it simplifies things for the short term. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah, totally interesting to see what's going to happen with the Sixers there. But in talking with the Sixers, we mentioned the Raptors. Uh, you had the Bucks last week, right? In terms of that's who you thought was coming out of the East. Uh, has anything changed your opinion so far? Not only just in terms of who's coming out of the East, but just the way that you see the entire East shaking down. Has anything changed? The Bucks have been rolling. <laughs> TJ Warren? <laughs> uh, that's... That's been pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, but nah, it's 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 the Bucks. I think right now. I you look at what Giannis did today mm-hmm. and what that team did, even though they were against a bit of a lower opponent in in the Heat. Um, I thought they were a lower opponent. The Heat have been pretty good though in the bubble so far. But that's a team that I would think that the Bucks would handle. And when I was watching it early, I was like, oh man, they are just slapping them around. But that big comeback by the Bucks definitely showed something. And now they have number one wrapped up, so they can definitely work on what they need to to kind of hone it in, get a little bit, hopefully get a little bit tougher because that's what they weren't last year in the playoffs. So we were talking a little bit earlier last week about the MVP case for LeBron. And after watching Giannis for the first four games of this bubble, I'm starting to maybe take that back a little bit because – from what I've seen from Giannis so far, it's just he is hands down the best player in the league. The the size of a Shaq, the athleticism of a LeBron, put it all together as he starts to figure out the shooting touch too. I mean, it's he's just a force, and having a force like that in the Eastern Conference, we've seen it in the past be good enough to take you to finals. Um, and it, whether his team is now strong enough and he is now strong enough to take on the Raptors in an Eastern Conference final, that's what I want to see. Yeah, it's it's super cool seeing Giannis just develop and that team is just continues to roll. You know, 
they slipped up a little, but that's when Giannis wasn't playing. But other than that, playing, yeah, yeah, other than that, it's it's they just picked up right where they left off. Um, the one thing I will mention though about the year MVP talk, Webby, you don't have to worry about what goes on in the bubble because that doesn't count. I know towards I know. the MVP race, so it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> He was also pretty good before we got in the bubble. Yeah, he wasn't too bad. Uh, Someone who also wasn't too bad, but apparently now they found the the magic gem in the bubble is, you mentioned TJ Warren. And, you know, I asked you about what you thought of the East and if your opinions changed, and it hasn't really changed, and neither is mine. Because last week I said, I don't really have a clue what's going to happen in the East. (laughs) And all TJ Warren going on, putting up 53 34 and 32 in his first three games in the bubble all that told me was oh yeah when i was listing all the teams that could make a run in the east i didn't mention indiana and i'd be surprised if they won the east but i wouldn't be surprised if they win a round in the east or win two rounds in the east do you know what i'm saying it's just it's crazy the magic key the magic key to unlock tj warren is obviously tj mcconnell right i mean that's it but you're right. I mean, with with Sabonis injured mm-hmm. and, and Ola, Oladipo's, Oladipo's been, been back. Been... Brogdon just came back tonight, and they lost yeah. to the Suns. So right. that might be the thing that kind of threw TJ Warren off, because I think he only dropped 16 against the Suns. Yeah, he dropped 16 points in a loss right. Thursday to the Suns. First game back mm-hmm. from Malcolm Brogdon, who had 25, 6, and 6. But... Here's the thing, obviously, Brogdon's a ball handler. That kind of changes the whole dynamic of how the offense and how the team's going to play, right? So either way, they're a real squad. They're a real, real squad. And the East is no joke in terms of all these teams are very closely matched. And Mm -hmm. I know everyone's on the wraps right now, and I get it, and I fully understand it. But the wraps, you got to remember... They've pretty much been the same team for the past, what, three years, four years in terms of yeah. right around like knocking on the door of winning 60 games. And the difference between them in all of those years, including this year, was that they had a dude at the end that could hit that crazy, ridiculous shot against the Sixers to win it. Right. I don't know well, if they I have that. that Kawhi, Kawhi did a little more than no, that. No, 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 no. Of course he did. Of course he did. He did a lot more than that. But I'm saying yeah. they had a guy who, you know, because remember, they were winning close to 60 games before Kawhi got there. Before Kawhi. Right? And now sure. they are cl- they would have been close to 60 games this year after Kawhi. I'm just saying the difference is you have that dude that when it comes to playoff time and things are getting tough, get out of his way and he's going to win you the game. So, Mm -hmm. I just think, you know, at the end of the day, if the East, you look at it and you say, other than Giannis, the rest of those other teams are all pretty good and their high-level superstar are kind of around the same level, right? Like, it's not, Mm -hmm. there's, like, the second-best player in the East. Like, it's not, is there that much of a difference? And I don't even really want to get too deep into this because I know Raptors fans will be on me, but... You know, if you go Jimmy Butler, Siakam, Kyle Lowry, Jason Tatum, right? Like, how many of those dudes, Embiid, right? Like, put all those dudes, how many of those dudes, like, who is way better than the rest of those dudes? Do you know what I'm saying? You're going to kill me for this, and Raptors fans out there 
are going to kill me for this too, but it's Embiid is the second best player in the Eastern Conference. Cool. Like hands down. Cool, but hands but down. I'm saying even if it is that, I don't know if it's hands down or he's way better than Jason Tatum or way better. You know what I'm saying? Like it's close. He is. He is way better. <laughs> okay. He is. Okay. He is a bucket. He is way better. <laughs> okay. And I'm fair enough. Listen, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to say that I know it comes off this. <laughs> listen, we're Philly all day, all the time. Yes. But but listen, when you have a guy who's that big, who's got that amount of skill mm-hmm. from 15 feet and in, who can get it any time, mm-hmm. who can put up 30 and grab you 15 rebounds and block your shot, and dime it out, and stretch the floor if he has to. I mean, the only problem with that is the rest of the Sixers suck. (laughs) That's the only problem. It's like Shake Milton's your point guard, and Josh Richardson is not what we thought he was when he was coming to Philadelphia, you know? Yeah, that that's kind of not gone well. But the the my point my overall point still remains all those teams are so close to each other yeah. that yeah. I still don't know who's going to win the Eastern Conference. <laughs> 2 to si- 2 to 6 is very very close. Yeah, and I and I still don't see the Bucks as being unbeatable. So, no. it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. But also What's going to be a lot of fun as we shift gears from the east to the west, and let's start with the Lakers, who are two and were two and two heading into Thursday night. It was announced LeBron wasn't going to play as he had a sore groin. They get blown out by the Rockets without LeBron, which isn't really much of a surprise. But either way you want to look at it, on the one hand, they clinch the first seed in the West. On the mm-hmm. other hand. They've looked really bad at times, and I don't know if LeBron's groin is really hurt or not, but at the end of the day, is playing small ball against the Rockets and having LeBron run around trying to guard? (laughs) Probably not a good idea if his groin is... you don't have to do it. If you don't have to do it. But it could be like his back a couple years ago, remember? For sure. Like, oh, LeBron's got the back. You know, oh, he's got the groin. You know? But what do you make of LeBron's Lakers so far in the bubble, Mr. Andrew Webster? I, As weird as it sounds, it, they're really missing Avery Bradley and Rondo. Totally. It's like they're one of the only teams out there that had to come into the bubble and basically have a brand new team with new roles, new guys. The Clippers are the other way, are, are kind of similar. Mm-hmm. They have a bunch of new guys but at least their roles are still defined. Yeah. With the Lakers, they have to find roles for these guys like Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith, who looks washed <laughs> like I'm yeah. washed. But like Caruso has new roles. Kuzma's got new roles. So trying to find their footing, they're very lucky that they could wrap up that first seed as early as they can because now they can, as they did last night, kind of take their foot off the gas. Yeah and reassess where they're at. But, again, we talked about this last week, too. I've never bet against a team with a healthy LeBron James on it in terms of making the finals. I mean, he did it nine years in a row with a Cavs team Mm -hmm. that didn't have a player nearly as good as Anthony Davis with respect to Kyrie Irving and and Kevin Love. Yeah, I mean, I wonder, too, if this was a little bit of gamesmanship by the Lakers, like, we don't really want to show our hand to the Rockets in terms of how we would try to play them. Would we try to match down to them? Would we try to still play big? We don't want to kind of give them... We already know what the Rockets are going to do, right? So 
And also, again, under no circumstances, if he doesn't have to, I don't think having LeBron run up and down the floor with the Rockets when he doesn't have to serve no purpose. But if I'm going to double down on what you said, man, the one thing I've learned so far watching the Lakers in this bubble is that Kyle Lowry torched them. They had no answer. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul also gave them the business. And big, big time. Listeners of the Ball on Blast podcast will know last week we sat here and had this conversation. I said, Who's guarding Dame Lillard? Who's guarding perimeter guys on the Lakers? And it's not going to be KCP. It's not going to be Deion Waiters. It's not going to be Caruso. It just doesn't look good at all if you're the Lakers long term. So and and it's it's funny. It's they're praying that that Portland team does not fall to that eight spot or does not crawl into that eight spot because that would be. We were talking about it last yeah. time, you know. But that was with me thinking that Lillard was, was banged be hobbled, up. Yeah, but if Lillard is pulling up from thirty eight feet for some of these shots, like it could be. What was it? This hey, against the, I, the yeah against the Thunder. Yeah. like it could be that for the Lakers, and that would be bad news. It's a bad matchup. Any team that has that point guard that can just cook, I don't know if the Lakers have an answer for that, and that's going to be super interesting. But one of their counters should be Anthony Davis, and he's had some big games so far in the bubble, mm-hmm. but he hasn't done it every night. And no. correct me if I'm wrong, that can't happen, right? Like. If they are to go where they need to go, doesn't Anthony Davis have to put up big boy numbers night in, night out because of the lack of a supporting cast he and LeBron have? And and you saw it against the Raptors, too, where it was just not existent for him in that first half. Yeah. And if that starts to happen in the playoffs, man, it's and you've got to wait a half to get him going, you're not going to win. You're not going to win four games in a series against a good team, especially you know, in the first round, second round, third round, in the West where those teams are a little more complete mm-hmm. than they might be out East. Well, here's Anthony Davis's lineup so far, or stat line, pardon me, so far in the bubble. 34-8-4 against the Clippers, right? Then against the Raptors, as you mentioned, he really struggled. Only had 14 points, six rebounds in that game. I think he took one field goal attempt in the first half against the Raptors. It was one or zero. Like can't do that. Can't do, can't that. do that. Can't happen. Then he comes out against Utah, puts up forty two and twelve. Cool. He was nasty. And his three point shooting in that game was nasty. Absolutely disgusting. He put on he put in work in that game. But then followed that up against OKC with only nine points, eight rebounds and five assists. And then tonight, Thursday night, against the Rockets, 17 points, 12 rebounds without LeBron. Yeah, and and against the small Rockets team, that should be, like, even if they lost, he should have had 30, 40 points because Robert Covington is guarding you. Right. You know, like. It's true. It's true. Anthony Davis was out-rebounded in the game against the Raptors by Kyle Lowry. That's great. Right? Kyle Lowry had double the rebounds. I think Kyle Lowry had 13. (laughs) Anthony Davis had six rebounds. Those things, that that makes no sense. So I won't say I'm worried for the the Lakers, pardon me, but I'll say this. I wouldn't be surprised if they get upset early in the playoffs. Definitely would not be be shocked. I'm I'm putting that out there right now. Because as mentioned, speaking of the Blazers, (laughs) right? We'll get to this eight seed right now because the Blazers, 
I know it kind of was the sexy pick in terms of, okay, well, they're all healthy now. And yeah. Melo has proven to be to fit well with the team. But getting their bigs back in Nurkic and Zach Collins has been big for them. Pardon the pun. And obviously, Dame Lillard is just balling. But the Blazers have been, they look even better than advertised, I, I, I want to say. But I'll, I'll start with Melo. Because Melo hit some big, big shots so far in the bubble for the Blazers, including the one that iced it against the Rockets. Yep. Are there people that owe Melo an apology, Webby? Big time. Big time. And there are people who were out here like questioning his work ethic and questioning his passion for the game. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is don't even look at him on the offensive end. Look at the way he's going after defensive rebounds yeah. for this team. Yeah. Like that's been the most impressive thing for me with Melo. Like sure the shot making the shot hitting ability is unreal, but the way that he's using his physical prowess to help his team in any way that he can, I mean it's awesome to see. And yeah, I think that a lot of talking heads in the NBA owe Melo an apology because it seems for the last three or four years people have been talking shit basically (laughs) one thing i I always feel like people don't give enough credit to nba players when things start to change and they get into a different portion of their career like i think people need to understand how difficult it is to go from being the man your entire life right getting any shot you want taking whatever shot you want whenever you want to take it and then all of a sudden at the drop of a dime having to be like okay now i'm number three or now i'm coming off the bench like even if you think you've gotten used to that to actually do it and go through it is a completely different thing and i think people kind of make it seem as if that should be such an easy transition for someone like carmelo who to all of a sudden be like okay now i'm gonna come off the bench like that thought process has never been uttered in his entire life so it's gonna take a while you might need the hard lesson that he got to kind of figure it out and get to the spot that we see now where his role is clearly defined. He's figured it all out in terms of, yeah, I can hit big shots, but I also got to give it on defense. I also got to get on the glass and find other ways to contribute because they don't need 30 from me every night. But if I give a 15, that really helps the squad. Yeah, and, and you know what? It, it If it does take you a little while to find that fit for you, if it does take you a little while to mentally get yourself into that role, mm-hmm. I don't think we should count it against you. You know, because like you say, he spent most of his career as the man. And then to make the left-hand turn to now be like, hey, listen, I've got to, you know, change my whole mindset mm-hmm. because I've got a whole new game now that I have to play. It's going to take you a couple of years to figure out all of that, how that puzzle fits in your head. For sure. And I think that Carmelo has done a good job of not giving up, Mm -hmm. you know, of finding the right fit and of now really putting in the hard work. You see his body now in the 
bubble compared to what it looked like when he was with the Rockets. It's unbelievable, and it shows me that he's putting that hard work in. Skinny Mellow, right? Um, Skinny Mellow. Bubble Mellow is like Hoodie Mellow. Hey, But I also think, too, it's the pieces had to all fit together, right? Because him on the Rockets running up and down and just jacking threes, that's probably not the best offense for Mellow either. But OKC, if you think about it, at that time, not only did Mello still think that he was mellow, but I think Russ and PG and the the Thunder also thought that he was still mellow, right? And mm-hmm. if those guys are still thinking, oh, I can just give it to Mello whenever and he can go get Jiggy, but he's not really that same dude anymore, right? The team almost has the same issue that Mello has, in terms of the identity crisis and who is he really. So I just think it, right. it takes a while and sometimes it takes the hard lesson of not being in the league to kind of check yourself. But anyways, it's, I th- just think it's one of those great stories to come out of the bubble, the resurgence of Carmelo Anthony. And I love Dame in the post game answering the question when they, they asked him, you know, what's it like to, to see Melo hit big shots like that? And Dame kind of took a shot at people where he said, what do you like? He's a hall of famer. Like, it surprises me that people are surprised by him hitting big shots. Like, of course, we're going to we know that he can do that. We expect that of him, but they expect it in spurts, right? They expect it. OK, can he hit the open shot after Dame or CJ creates? It's just a completely mm-hmm. different look. And the Blazers are looking really good. And I'm not patting myself on the back, but I'll pat ourselves on the back. That's right, collectively. Collectively, because the Blazers and the Suns, the two teams that we talked about last week competing for the A seed, are doing pretty well. And when you look at what else is going on at the bottom of the West, it's kind of a crapshoot. Right? Jaron Jackson Jr. is injured. He's done for for the rest of the playoffs. And that team is sinking like a stone. I love John Morant, and I think he's going to be a superstar in the mm-hmm. league. But right now, man, that team is, uh, like, they're fading fast. Yeah, they, they just don't have enough. And they've lost a couple tough games late, which has been difficult for them. It's been tough on job, But also, like, you're missing your best player. Like, how many teams are going to be able to, you know, live with that and still win games when you're playing pretty good teams each night it's tough um another team who is playing with their best player in terms of the pels but are they really playing with their best player what's going on with the pelicans are they actually in the bubble tanking i'm so confused by what happened here and what's going on here with the pelicans this makes no sense to me yeah it was that first game, especially when it was so close, and then there's like three minutes left, and it's like, why isn't Zion in the game? Yeah. But you know what? I like that's another team that is just not complete. Okay. You know, they they've got some guys in place. I think uh, who's it? Uh, Josh Hart yeah. has been playing really well for them. Mm-hmm. I, I like some of what I've seen from Lonzo, and then obviously Zion is is. Awesome. Yeah, like in a cornerstone of the league. But listen, JJ Reddick's not going to, and JJ's been playing really well. But JJ's not going to be there next no. year or two years down the road. And the rest of that team, they're going to have to figure out who they're going to plug into those places. They don't have those players right now, so I don't blame those guys of just trying to see what works right now. Yeah, and kind of 
quote-unquote tanking because they knew they weren't going to get the eighth seed. They knew they weren't going to play the Lakers. And if they did, they knew they were going to get blown out by them. Yeah. But it's good to see how well Zion is playing. It's just... Because didn't he start like nine for nine the other night? He was like, he couldn't miss. The kid was on fire. Zion is a problem. Like, regardless, he's a problem. But it kind of, it worries me, right? Because if you're still at this point now, coming off, what, five months of rest, and now you have a chance to make the playoffs, how are you still holding them to minutes restrictions? Right? Like, isn't this what... My question is, how did... How has Zion gained 20 pounds since he got in the bubble? What? He, well, he just looks <laughs> bigger every game. I saw someone... Oh, sorry. You caught me so off guard there, but you know it's funny you mentioned that. I saw someone tweeting... or Oh, it was Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer talking about how weird some of the games look when they squeeze back because of the ticker at the bottom. And he was like, right. oh, it makes Zion look like SpongeBob or something just because it makes his body look so like contorted. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to use that excuse next time. Yeah, I'm getting squeezed back by the ticker. No, man. He, he looked he looked bigger. He looked bigger the other night than he did at the beginning of the bubble. I mean, it's I don't get it. It it, it makes me so curious as to how this Zion Williamson thing is going to play out. Because if you have him on a minutes restriction when he comes back from what? The All-Star break or to start the new year, whatever it was. Yeah. And then you have five months off, and now you're trying to make the playoffs. Isn't this what the minutes restrictions were for before this? Like, now should be when you're unleashing them, and we're getting the full wrath of Zion to make the playoffs. Instead, you're punting a year? I I do understand it, because he had the knee in university. Okay. And this is a guy whose body is not like other professional athletes, especially not like NBA Mm -hmm. players. That's a lot of love. It's fair. And this guy is so skilled, and he's going to be so good that why would you put him in danger mm-hmm. to try and make the eighth seed? What is that going to do to help you? Especially when you have such a young team where filling in with more young players should be kind of what your goal is rather than getting blown out by the Lakers in the first round. So here's the. Th- so I kind of understand where they're coming from. Listen, it goes against what we think as sports fans mm-hmm. of like. You play to win the game. But with this player, like, you've got to protect him. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here, right? And let's think of it this way. You're trying to get into the playoffs. And if Zion has bad knees or whatever, there's only, you know, you use the analogy of there's only a certain amount of jumps in his knees or he only has a certain amount of minutes for his entire career. Wouldn't I want those minutes to come in games that can actually lead me to the playoffs and then be actual playoff games as opposed to, okay, well, we're going to rest them now. And then next season, when there's 82 regular season games and who knows what's going to happen, maybe he plays 40 of those games, but they're regular season games. I want those 40 games to come in the playoffs, which we have a chance to do right now. That's all I'm saying. Why do but why do you want to get into the playoffs this year? It's not like you're going to get playoff revenue. So do we think... It's not like you're going to get okay. your your fans into the seats. It's not like they're going to be buying concessions. So where do we think the Pels are next year? We think they're a top four team next year? 
No. Right? So no. you're you're again in the same position where you're battling for eighth place. You're battling for seventh or whatever. They might be a seventh <laughs> or a six, you know? But it just sucks. And I think maybe it's because I was tricked. And maybe a lot of us were tricked by all the narratives that were put out that, oh, the NBA made the structure of the return to play. So they could get. Yeah, so we can get Zion games. And the first game of the NBA restart was the Pels. And all these things is what we were hearing over and over again. And then the games start and it's a minutes restriction. 20 minutes for Zion. Two minutes left in a game that's close and he's on the bench. For who? Derek Favors? Is that who they got out there? Yeah. Like what? Oh, Ugh. Derek Favors is. Jeez. Get him out of here. <laughs> crazy, 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 crazy. But yeah, overall in the West, overall, if I look top to bottom, what stuck out to you or what has anything changed your opinion about how the West will be won over this week? L L U K A. Oh, okay. Bro. If they can get, like, he's been amazing. Yeah. And if they can get Porzingis, because tonight Porzingis was amazing. Yes. If they can learn out how to, because they're really bad at closing They games. can't close. They can't close. It's brutal. They have, they have a great team. They shoot the ball really well. They have size. I, I just think if they can start to control the end of games, that would be a team I wouldn't want to face in the West. Yeah, they lost a tough one to the Clippers, and, you know, that could be a playoff matchup at some point. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that could be a first-round matchup. What am I talking about? But Luka has looked great. He's continued his strong play from the regular season for sure. Porzingis is still – he's still getting there, right? Like, I don't know if yeah. he's, like, peak power Kristaps that we saw in the Knicks, but he's still not mm-hmm. – he doesn't look slow. He doesn't look like he looks like he's getting there. That team, yeah. that's a team that I'm looking at, okay, well, what are they going to be next year? What are they going to be the year after that? That's a team yeah. where I'm thinking, okay, I, this is good for reps. This is good for, you know, get some big moments here. Luca get some crunch time, minutes going one-on-one against Kawhi. Let's see how that plays out. That part is awesome. And that Clippers game as well, we're starting to see them round into form as Kawhi had a monster night. Paul George played really Mm -hmm. well. Obviously, Lou Will back into the rotation as uh, his quarantine is over. The Clips, man. The Clips. I still think it goes through the Clippers. They just seem to be the most complete team to me throughout the entire NBA. And I look forward to seeing how that's going to play out. I, I just think they have too many pieces they have depth that they can sustain an injury minus an injury to Kawhi, <laughs> right? Yeah. But it's it's just going to go through the clips. And other than that, I'm most interested to see, like, the Rockets games are just super entertaining to me. I know. <laughs> they really are. I remember when there was that whole narrative going on, like, earlier this year that the, the oh, I can't watch Rockets. Yeah. They play such a, I, man, I love watching the yeah. Rockets. Are you kidding? It's like. Well, <laughs> that small lineup and then getting Westbrook going and just unleashing him. It's been awesome. It's just, you know, I think when we were talking about that, the Westbrook wasn't there and they definitely didn't make the switch to where they clear out the middle and just let Westbrook cook in the paint. But 
I think that old Rockets offense, it was still shooting a lot of threes, but it was more based off standing around watching James Harden, and then either he was going to shoot a three, or he was going to drive and take a layup, or find someone for three. That's it. Mm -hmm. This Rockets team... You're either getting that from James Harden, yes, or you have Russ just going a thousand miles an hour, <laughs> grabbing rebounds, going coast to coast. Uh, it's just such a weird team. They play absolutely no defense, <laughs> right? <laughs> but they play the math game. And the other night, yeah. the other night when they're playing the Bucks, and even uh, their game against the Blazers. It's an interesting thing where they're just shooting all these threes. And if you don't play the same way as them in terms of also shooting threes, they're just going to play math. And hopefully yeah. we'll hit, uh, we'll shoot a certain percentage from three. Because House Jr. and uh, McLemore, those guys are just out there shooting the lights yeah. out. No hesitation. No conscience. No kind. Ultimate green light. So it's it's fun for me watching the Rockets. The West playoffs are going to be fun. The East playoffs are going to be fun. The NBA is just great, right? We're I mean, just so happy it's back. Oh, I mean, it's just been great. So great. It's been a great time. And you know what the the other one is? And I'm again bringing up somebody else's podcast. That's fine. I, I thought Simmons brought up a good. Bill Simmons brought up a good point mm -hmm. that. Uh, it's nice not to have the terrible team. For sure. Totally. Like, And I haven't watched you know, the Wizards like, yet, so... <laughs> no, I, well, I watch them because they played the Sixers. Okay. That's the only reason I watch them. <laughs> but, like, it's it's honestly nice not to get cheap wins like that, yeah. you know? Like, if you're, if you're going to win, you're going to have to beat a good team. For sure. Even if it's the Suns or the Spurs or... You know, those are good teams. So I, I like the level of competitiveness. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up, right? Because even the Raptors game, they're blowing out Orlando. But Orlando is not a trash team. They might not be a great team, but they're still like a solid NBA team. I mean, and they're not at full strength, so maybe that's not even fair. But I know what you're saying, right? There's no game really that you're walking into thinking, oh, well, this is going to be a blowout. Right? Not necessarily, for the most part. You have very close games, and that's been so much fun. And I've been so enthralled with the NBA, Webby. I haven't really had much time for anything else other than basketball. I've been back to work this week, like going into the office. And I know normally we have an Ask on Blast segment where we talk about anything else other than basketball. <laughs> and I had the only thing that I've been paying attention to other than basketball has been the Leafs. And I don't yeah. really want to talk about them right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Leafs, well, like I've been saying, you know, like the uh, having the hockey mm -hmm. um, to watch at halftime or when a game gets to be a blowout or like when you say the Wizards or the Nets are playing, yep. that's been good. And the way that they've uh, gone about their kind of postseason is very similar to what the NBA has done. And it's been working really well. Yeah. Um, the only other thing is the golf. The PGA Championship this weekend. I'm very into it. Yo, I know what I uh, want to talk as, about. Talk to me about baseball. This is my mom. Talk to me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Don't want to cut you off talking about moms. Hey, Huge shout to moms. Christine, Christine Webster, not a fan of Brooks Kepka. So every time <laughs> I'm getting texts, I'm getting texts every time he's on the course. I don't like this guy. <laughs> Why does he have tobacco in his mouth? <laughs> He's I, my mom's a big Tiger fan, okay. not a not a big Brooks fan. So that's been fun with the golf coming back. But you want to talk about baseball? 
I was just saying, like, what's going on with baseball? Because the funny thing is, I was signed up for a fantasy league that I didn't even realize I was signed up for until after the I'm draft. I'm in that league with you. Yes. Okay. So I didn't draft my team. But then I was like, Neither did I. I guess, you know, with all this basketball, maybe I should kind of pay attention because it'll help me pay attention to baseball. It'll force me to pay attention to baseball on some level because the Jays right now, it's kind of an abomination because they don't even really have a home, right? And then the Mets are just the Mets forever. <laughs> who are my other team? Right? Who are my other team? So, so there's no real reason for me to be taking in baseball. Then when you add in the the worst plan ever that they had to return to play, that everybody except for maybe. Doug Ford knew that was the worst plan ever. And I bring up Doug Ford for people who are listening to this, who are from Toronto or, you know, know enough to have seen Doug Ford's press conferences. But I feel like this guy doesn't get ripped enough. Like it wasn't that long ago. And I'm not making this as a political statement in terms of who you should vote for in terms of liberal or conservative. This has nothing to do with that. Okay. I'm just going off a quote from when the rumor came out that Friday afternoon that the Jays would be playing in Toronto, right? Remember that Friday? The headlines were everywhere. And your man's Doug Ford did his press conference and he's like, oh yeah, of course we want the Blue Jays to play in Toronto. And we think that it'll be okay. We think that it'll be safe. His quote was, he said this, have you seen baseball's plan? They have the best plan out of all the leagues. I've seen it. It's 150 pages thick. They have the best plan going. I think it'll be okay. And I remember watching that thinking, hold on. Has anyone told my guy that they have the worst plan of anyone going? And that's before the past week in terms of breakouts going on everywhere and 20% of the league not playing. So what the hell is going on with baseball? That's my rant for Ask on Blast. Fuck baseball. It's... It's so crazy. My team, the Phillies, mm-hmm. they're only three and four. That's their record. <laughs> they've only played seven games. Like they've been there was like a week and a half that they just didn't play. There were no Phillies games. <clears throat> and the big thing for me is what's scary is the the big return is is football. Okay. Like I need football back in my life come the fall. Yeah. And if they don't have anything better than, well, we'll see, which is basically the baseball's plan, it's not going to be very good. Now, the only thing that football has going for it that baseball doesn't Mm -hmm. is that they only play once a week. True. So you can play on Sunday and then test the bejesus out of your team for a week until they're ready to play next Sunday. That's, I think, the only way that they're going to be able to do it. And football's got enough money that testing shouldn't be a problem and and getting the results shouldn't Mm -hmm. be a problem because you know that the more money your league has the better your testing capabilities are going to be it just seems super so i'm hoping that yeah no go on sorry i was just gonna say i'm hoping that the nfl has a plan that you know the public isn't quite privy to yet Mm -hmm. more than what we've basically been told which is oh we're gonna fine you if you go to high risk activities which who knows what that means? This whole thing is just super weird. And the one thing that football should be doing is paying attention to baseball and what went wrong with baseball. 
and making sure that that doesn't happen. And, you know, from the outside looking in, it seems as if it would be irresponsible to not try and make bubble or, or some form of a bubble, even if you have like three different hubs or something like that. Or regional bubbles, something. Yeah, yeah something like that. Because again, and Rob Manfred, they're not going to stop the baseball season unless things get like really, I mean, it's already really bad, but it just seems like gonna it's going to take a lot for them to actually cancel this season. And it sucks to say this, but I think it's based off of pride, right? The embarrassment yeah. that it will be to shut down the season. It's, it's pathetic as Rob Manfred sits there and says, you know, some of the quotes that have come out have just been horrible. And it makes me wonder, like, hold on. Well, the teams are out here traveling all over the place and all forget about the players that make six figures. The team the team execs and the, the the team managers and those people who aren't making all this money that are also putting themselves at risk. And Rob Manfred is sitting up in his commissioner's office making these decisions and it's like, bro, where are you? Are you risking yourself? Right? Are you involved at any of these parks, watching the games, risking your own health, but making the decisions for all of these other people on, sorry, Rob Ford, or sorry, Doug Ford, pardon me, sorry, Doug Ford, but the worst plan that there has been in North American sports, it's just a gong show, and I know this is a basketball podcast, but at the end of the day, to round it back around, look at how baseball has handled the pandemic and look how the NBA has handled the pandemic. And man, yeah. It's like night and day. There's a reason why it's the best league in the world. And it's the reason why we're here every week to talk about it. The NBA, the NBA, the NBA. Mr. Andrew Webster, (laughs) if people want to hit you up, or console you about your Phillies, <laughs> where can they hit you up? Or the Leafs. Or the Leafs. Or Ben yeah. Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> or Ben Simmons. But Or, or give, me, give me all your smoke about Embiid being, hands down, the second best player in the East. Uh, if you want to debate that point with me on Instagram or Twitter, it's the same, at AWebster84. Hit your boy up. And if you want to convince me why I should give baseball a chance or why maybe, you know, we should be talking about maybe Blake Snell was right in the very beginning when everyone was telling me Blake Snell was wrong at the very beginning of all this Mm. conversation Mm. for another day, baseball on blast. But (laughs) if you want to hit me up, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Huge shouts to all the people that have been tuning into our Wrap It Up podcast, which has been back, our Raps postgame show. It's been a lot of fun. I tried to drop it. I tried to drop in there and just drop a couple little little gems. Oh, in it's there appreciated. It's appreciated. The boys gave you a shout out, I think, when we were talking in the, the Lakers pod, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, Wrap It Up Podcast is back, and we're streaming live now after every Toronto Raptors game. You can find us streaming live on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram. And then afterwards, the podcast is up. Same place you find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play. Basically, wherever you get your your podcasts and your content online, we're there. Again, wrap it up just like this. The Ball on Blast podcast are both under the On Blast podcast network. So whenever you're looking for this stuff, just search On Blast podcast and you'll be able to find it. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. It's been so much fun to be back and talk NBA, right? And 
again, I'm going to emphasize this at the end because I, I'm on, I got to give them credit because I was worried about it just being, oh, fun in games, but no, like, People yeah. in their post-game press conferences, LeBron has made a point to talk about it, whether he's dissing Trump again because Trump says yeah. he's not watching basketball um, because they're kneeling during uh, the anthem. Donovan Mitchell has been really good. Yeah. Talking about Breonna Taylor. Yeah. Uh, the, all the players, basically, they've been doing a great job. And all the teams in just unifying mm-hmm. with uh, taking a knee before the games. It's it's great to see. I also think, too, the NBA has, there's been room for healthy discussion. Whether it was Jonathan Isaac, who didn't kneel. And I know mm-hmm. that one against the, you know, because he, he didn't kneel and he didn't wear uh, the Black Lives Matter shirt. And he gave an explanation that, you know, I'll say is kind of questionable, but it was his explanation. And I think that led to, again, if I say this often, if you're looking in the right places for conversation, it led to some very interesting conversations. And I think that happens in the NBA a lot more than it does in other leagues, whereas yeah. hockey has just turned into begging hockey players to kneel. Which to me seems kind of stupid, <laughs> right? Exactly. Like it seems like you're a, losing the message. Yeah, and also like so when you beg people to to kneel and then they kneel because you beg them to kneel, does that really serve the purpose? Is that really the end goal that you want? I don't really think so. So again, I just wanted to say that to like kind of give a hat tip to the NBA because they've been handling this stuff really well and doing a great job. And you mentioned LeBron a couple weeks ago about the fact that, you know, it's one thing when you have certain players saying things, but it's another when it's LeBron James. And my guy is trying to get people out here to vote. He's telling people, he's telling Trump they don't need him to be watching basketball and November is going to be the time for change. That's really, really, really important. So huge shout to the NBA for also, that. We also didn't talk about the announcement that the teams uh, are setting up the fund. Yes. Like it's like something. I think it's 30 it? mil a year for the next 10 mil. years, I think it is. Yeah. Um, just going to be going to different uh, charities and organizations that are for uh, the support of black businesses and also racial injustice. Yeah. It's just. You know, and that's systemic change. Yes, and that's what we want to see for sure. And that's uh, coming from a organizational level mm-hmm. rather than just players, fans, or coaches. That's the kind of change that's uh, going to be awesome. I mean, and, and when it goes into effect, even things like in Atlanta, how they're going to open up the arena to be able to vote like people can go there to vote that's going to be one of the voting stations just little things like that that are actually impacting real change and having that being able to have that dialogue and that conversation is so so huge and i think the nba just does a better job of putting those stories to the forefront and you know that's why it's the best league in the world they're just proving it once again and giving us more reasons why we enjoy being able to have this platform where we can talk about it on a weekly basis, right? Yeah, Yeah, totally. It's been, it's been great. And so again, uh, we'll be back next week to discuss the NBA and, and what's going on in the bubble, bubble wrap. (laughs) I guess we'll call this, I guess I'll call this episode bubble Bubble wrap Wrap week one. Is that a thing? 
is that at the top of the, did you? No, that's you a, that no, down. no, no, that's no, a written, no, I didn't write it in the, in the notes, but while I was setting up, I did think of that. It's not a, that's not a freestyle. That's really not good. a freestyle. That's really I good. was trying to think of names for the pod, you know, so try to. Bubble wrap is sick. That's a great one. I'll name the podcast that. So when someone else steals it, I'll be able to say, Hey, we put it out there first, first. right? <laughs> But we try to do that. We try to have a little fun and hopefully we entertained you here on this, the Ball on Blast podcast, because that's what we try to do each and every week. Again, like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Really appreciate you tuning in for my guy, Andrew Webster. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Ball on Blast podcast, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network, available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Ball on Blast.